Happy New Year, ball boys and ball girls. Great to be with you here in 2021. Once again, our second episode of the new year. Hope you guys are having fun with this new year. Um, this is a little bit different. It's pretty much uh, 2020 with things. Um, but no, seriously, guys, welcome in. Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be talking some of the latest news um, from my Around the Horn on the 6th. Um, we're going to talk the Houston Astros usually review, yearly review, insert trash can banging here, the Tampa Bay Rays, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame. So without further ado, let's jump in. One more time. All right, let's get into the news, guys. Let's start with some league news, some much overdue news. Um, on the 4th, the Boston Red Sox hired Bianca Smith as a minor league coach. This is incredibly significant for baseball because it's the first she's the first African-American woman to serve as a coach in professional baseball history. Uh, it's, it's great to see the MLB finally making progress regarding women and in you know front office roles, coaching roles, um, really getting into the mix in professional baseball and across professional sports in general. Um, the MLB is making great progress. They're being very progressive. You know, the Negro Leagues are part of the MLB now. Uh, so it's just really great to see all of this happening and it's having a huge snowball effect. We, we do have to thank the Washington football team for kind of taking the first step in this direction and changing their name. The Cleveland Indians, you know, one thing led to another, and it's really a true ripple, ripple pull effect. And it's really cool to be seeing, and you know, to to be to be enjoying um, from different aspects. Um, if you missed it, Randy Rosarena raced a horse. That's not really significant at all, but it was pretty cool. You can find it on the race Twitter page. Um, he actually barely lost to the horse in like a sixty-yard dash or something. It was crazy. It was so entertaining. Um, and then some sad news, um, Sandra Scully, wife of longtime Dodger broadcaster, Ben Scully passed away on 1-4 at age 76 from ALS complication. So my condolences out to the Scully family. Let's see here. As we know right now, uh, just kind of a season update. Um, the season is expected to start on time. Uh, you know, owners do want to push the delay the season, depending on the vaccine's availability for players and personnel. However, the MLB, PA, and players are all planning on showing up to spring training on time. Um, most feel that the protocols in place and how COVID was handled last season is enough to keep them safe. Um, so we'll be seeing the return of like Buster Posey and some other guys like that who opted out over the initial concerns and before these, these protocols were, were, were well entrenched. Um, they are planning on playing a full 162-game season, and so they don't have to take any pay cuts. Um, and this was as of 1-3. They're planning to start on time, um, have a full 162-game season, which is amazing. I'm so excited. Um, I can't wait to watch 162-plus games of baseball. Um, per the athletics, e. Evan Drellich, um, the dates of sort of start of spring training in the championship series, championship season, um, the dates are, should be announced soon. 
As we get closer, we will, in consultation with public health authorities, our medical experts, and the Players Association, determine whether any modifications should be considered in light of the current surge in COVID-19 cases and the challenges we face in 2020, completing a 60-game season in a sport that plays every day. So it will be really interesting to kind of see what happens next. Um, it is expected that the minor leagues spring training will be held completely separate from MLB tra- spring training. So it will go MLB, clear the facility, at minor league, and then clear the facility, and so on and so forth. It should be really interesting to see how many players are actually in camp, if there's any limit restrictions, kind of things like that. Um I'm sure there will be some strict protocols and whatnot going into that. Um, that's that's league news. That was that was pretty much league news. Um, some injury updates: Brewers catcher Jacob Nottingham underwent surgery on a radial collateral ligament of his left thumb. He should be ready for the start of spring training. That's the Brewers timeline. Um, free agent starting pitcher Corey Kluber is expected to throw a bullpen session on two. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 13th, for interested, interested teams. The Red Sox are the main team that will be attending the workout and watching as they've already spoken to Kluber. Um, the Mets, Nationals, and Diamondbacks will also be attending the workout. However, the, we'll see kind of how who, if Kluber gets a contract out of this, I would expect he would. He has a great track record of success in the MLB. Um, not really any huge prospect news, so let's get into free agents and trades right after this. Hey, Joel. Yo, what's up, Joel? Hey, what are you drinking over there? Oh, nothing. It's nothing. You probably you probably would love it if you had it. What is it? I want some. Oh, it's Ray's Energy. It's amazing. 300 milligrams caffeine, no sugar, no carbs, no crap. Just amazing, clean, fresh energy for you to drink. What? Dude, no way. Let me try that. And what do you think? Dude, where have this been in my life? Where can I get some? How do I get some? Awesome question. Let me tell you. You can get some of that delicious drink over at theballboyblog.com backslash my dash deals. You go on down. You go to the link that says Rep Sports Raise Energy. Click it. Go to their page. Order as many cases as your heart desires. And then, boom. Go check out. Put in the code BALLBOY to say 15%. 15%? No way. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It is. So yeah, what are you waiting for? And Go order some. I just did. On my phone. Right now. I ordered the Baja Lime, the Mango Guava, the Watermelon, the Galaxy Burst, the Phantom Freeze, Apollo, and I'm so excited to try all of them. Dude, that's only scratching the surface. You still got Sour Gummy Worm, Grape Gummy Worm. You still have Strawberry Colada, and I believe that's about it, actually. You got all of them. Good job. So, yeah. Order, 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 order. Use my code. It'll save you a headache, literally. <laughs> See what I did there? But, regardless, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And please, go be like my friend and go get yourself some raised energy. What are you waiting for? All right, into free agent and trade news. Let's start with free agent rumors. Um, if you notice, I did 
start switching it up on the around the horns on the website kind of to break up the rumors and the notes just so that you know the relevant stuff was together like the actual rumors and then just the notes kind of the, the extra fluff stuff that's relevant but irrelevant at the same time um so we saw the window for npb star tomoyuki sagano close um no one ended up signing the japanese ace um, the Red Sox, Mets, Giants, Padres, Blue Jays, Rangers were the main, with the Mets dropping out, and the Giants and the Blue Jays are the top two favorites. Um, neither team was able to sign him away from Japan. All of her probably wasn't good enough. Money probably wasn't there. Um, the next, he will be available next winter, as well as Sung Bum Na will also be available next winter as well for teams to bid on. They'll both be ages 31 and ages 32, respectively. Um... It was reported a couple times that free agent catcher Jason Castro and the Astros. That was a mouthful. Um, they were reported close to a deal, but there's been no deal. And he's actually also talking to the Cubs. So kind of interesting there. Um, Tanaka hasn't ruled out a return to Japan. He would love to re-sign with the Yankees, but he's also open to other teams. Um, the reliever market is getting hot. It's pretty much all the same teams interested in Brad Hand, Alex Colomb, and Liam Hendricks. Um, the Mets, the Twins, the Nationals, Red Sox, Astros, White Sox, Dodgers. They're pretty much all interested in the trio. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see where all three of them end up signing and which one signs first, and that will kind of set the set the pace for how much each will, each will make this upcoming season. Um, Yasiel Puig is gaining interest. Yes, Yasiel Puig. Um, he's getting interest from the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, Marlins, and Orioles. Each have a varying level of interest in the 29-year-old slugger. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of deal he does get. I would assume he will sign an MLB guaranteed deal, but it will be interesting nonetheless for what he gets in terms of a one-year deal. Well, probably pretty similar to Kyle Schwarber's. Um, he just signed a one-year $10 million deal with the Nationals. So we will see what happens there. Um, some notes. Um, JT Romero. I put in kind of what the top free agents are kind of looking for in a deal. Um, right now, JT Romuto is looking for a four- to five-year deal worth 20 to $25 million annually. Bauer, four to six years, 36 to 40 million annually. DJ LeMahieu, four to five years, 20 to 25 million annually. And George Springer, four to six years um, with $150 million guarantee in salaries. Um, Justin Turner is looking for a four year deal. However, the Dodgers have only offered a two year deal. So it could they could also come back and offer a two year with a two year two years of options, kind of depending on what happens. Um, outfielder Haruki Nishikawa, 28-year-old center fielder, he ended up not signing with the MLB team, and I was really surprised by this because he was basically the third best outfielder available um, for center field out of between Springer and Jackie Bradley Jr. I am really surprised that no one took a chance on a contact hitting very fast, great defensive short or outfielder, center fielder in Nishikawa. So, and he's 28. So, you 
yeah, I'm really surprised he didn't end up signing a deal. Um, Cardinals have been unable to resign any of their free agents. You know, Colton Wong, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright. The more time goes by, the more I think they might not end up signing any of them back to a contract. But we'll see. It will be really interesting to see what actually happens. Um, let's see. The Padres and Fernando Tatis Jr. could be talking a long-term 10-11 year deal worth over $350 million that will lock him up until he's like 35 or 36. Uh, pretty crazy there. He's only 23, mind you. Um, and then really not really any trade rumors. Um, except for the Pirates and Indians have tried to trade for Blue Jays catcher Alejandro Kirk during the last 14 months. Um, Kirk's young, a lot of high upside, has a great bat, probably will get end up getting moved to first base, kind of depending on how the whole catching thing works out for him. But he is a very sought-after trade target, so it'll be really interesting to see what the Blue Jays do with him. They use him as trade bait to try to lure someone in. Um, it'll just be really interesting to see what happens. And that does it for the news. So we'll take a quick intermission, not intermission, but like just a, just a break for me to drink some water and then I'll be right back with you and we'll start getting into some yearly reviews, the Astros and the Rays. And again, insert trash can banging noise here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so as always, with the yearly reviews, we talk kind of what moves, what we love, what we didn't love, uh, what's next, where did they go from here, and yeah, um, that's that's it. That's kind of what we talk about in these. Um, oh, and the biggest takeaway. So the Astros is pretty short. They didn't, I mean, it was a down year for the Astros from what they expected, especially going into the last year of guaranteed contracts with Michael Brantley, George Springer, um, J.J. Redick, and Roberto Azuna. Kind of really interesting that they try, didn't try to go more in. But the early injury to Justin Verlander being out for the year really hurt the rotation. Granke had his own issues. Um, that team just wasn't what it was supposed to be. Um, the Reds did trade left-handed pitcher Brooks Rally to Houston for a player to be named later. Rally pitched 16 innings of 3.94 ERA, posting 21 Ks of four walks. So the Astros did end up getting themselves a really solid reliever. But there was one point early in the season that this team had no bullpen. Like, they had a bullpen, but it had no experience. I am shocked that they ended up making the playoffs. Like, they should not have been a playoffs team. Because watching the Astros, they did not play good baseball whatsoever. Like, it was hard to watch at times just how bad and inexperienced the bullpen looked. The rotation wasn't great. There was, wasn't was a lot to love. And I'm not even saying this as, like, an Astro hater um, or whatever because – I, I do have ill feelings toward the Astros for the sign ceiling scandal and as a Mariners fan. Um, but regard it, regardless, it was, which was wasn't, there was just something missing. You know, the whole scandal looked like it kind of got to them. Like I had thought before the season, like 
this team wasn't going to be the same. They just didn't have the feeling of being all in like they were to win and commit to a championship. And I, they had the team to do it still outside the rotation, the bullpen, but they had the offense to do it, to go, to still be there. They made it to the playoffs, but I, I really don't know how they did. It was, it was weird. Um, but we love, you know, Kyle Tucker had a great season. He, he slashed at 268, 325, 512. So, you know, right around average for batting average and OBP, but a little bit higher of a slugging percentage, which was nice to see. Um, and 1.6 war. So great showing from him in 2020. Astros will definitely need him to step up. Um, Springer said really early on after the season, if not even before or during, that he wasn't planning on re-signing with Houston. So there was bad blood there. I mean, he hit 400 or 14 home runs, not 400, um, 265, 359, 540 with a 1.9 war. So he was excellent getting on base, 359. That's some elite level production right there. Getting on base. You have to get on base to score runs. Um, Say for Michael Brantley, 300, 364, 470, 1.5 war. Just another really, really good season. Um, and then Framber Valdez, he posted a 3.57 ERA with a 1.12 whip and 1.12 war. So really good season for Framber, Framber Valdez. And Christian Javier coming in third in the rookie of the year. He had an excellent season. When when that award came out in the finalist, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, Kyle Lewis has this one unlocked. But then looking at the Javier season, the way he stepped in, the impact he had on the rotation and the Astros season as a whole, 3.48 ERA, 0.99 whip, and 1.3 war. I was like, man, this, and I started going back, looking at some of his, his highlights and this, this guy's good. The Astros got themselves, definitely got the next potential ace after JV and Granke hang it up. Oh, but what do we not love about the Astros in 2020? Granted, that was a few players we love, but as a team, um, you know, their offense wasn't great. They slashed 240, 312, 408, and a 702 OPS. Uh, they were barely a good average player. They weren't even average. They were below average. Uh, I mean, they were 29 to 30 run one, so they weren't even 500. They, the pitching as a whole posted a 4.31, 131 whip. Uh, 4.31 ERA that was allowed. They only allowed a 0.239 opponents batting again. So, I mean, that wasn't awful, but I mean, when your bullpen's giving up, your rotation's giving up four runs a game, like, it just doesn't put you in a great position to win, especially when your offense can only get on base 31% of the time. When a good player, individual, gets on base three thirty four percent of the time, so that's a that's a big difference. Um, that's a lot of runs left, just just left. Um, and then Grant Zach Granke, you know, hopefully he would have stepped up, but he allowed a four point oh three ERA and a one thirteen WHIP, and still was able to score one point two WAR. But like I was saying, the Astros just did not have a lot to love. So kind of looking ahead, what's next for the Astros? Um, you know, Springer was extended a qualifying offer, which he denied. Brantley, Reddick, Ozuna, who had his option declined. 
all are expecting not to be about with the club club in 2021. They've been linked to a lot of prominent names, but nothing has come on it because I really just don't think players want to play there anymore. I mean, it's just not what it was. And I I thought this last season, I'll think it even more this offseason, I think it's time for the Astros just to tear it down and maybe even seriously look into relocating, rebranding. And starting fresh, like they need it after the 2017 sign ceiling scandal, especially with you know none of these guys want to resign. Um, yeah, I just think they definitely need to try something else. Um, the outfielders will be super important. Kyle Tucker, Kyle Tucker, Miles Straw, Alemis Diaz. Um, whoever else they have signed to refill the outfield holes. Um, and, you know, like I was just saying a second ago, they need to decide if they're retooling or if they're rebuilding. Um, and they should have made that choice at the beginning of the offseason, but, man, they need to re- rebuild. Get get Granky and Verlander off the books. Get some of these other more expensive contracts that you got to go on land to win that championship and to be competitive, get those off the books and just kind of return to irrelevancy for a little bit and groom some talent. They, they're great at doing that. I mean, Correa probably won't be on the team after this season. You know, you have Bregman and Altuve, you know, maybe hopefully they have a good season this year and next to get me traded for some value. Um, second base is a thin, thin, thin department. Bregman's a top 10 third baseman in the MLB. Some would argue top five. Um, you know, move these guys, get them, get them somewhere. Cause their future's not in Houston. And I know I'm not the only one thinking that. I know a lot of people from around the league think that about the Astros, but that was enough time on the Astros. Let's move over to the Rays. Um, so the Rays, they, you know, we know that they got to the World Series. They had the best record in, in the AL. They were just incredible all season. Um, they traded um, Anthony Bonda to the Giants for cash, which, you know, the Rays always need. Um, they traded Riley O'Brien to the Reds for Cody Reed. Reed only threw 2.2 2 and two-thirds innings for the Rays. He did not give up a run, and he had two strikeouts and a 0.1 war. Better than nothing. Um, they also acquired right fielder Brent Phillips um, and traded shortstop Lu- Lu- Lucius Fox. Phillip only had 20 at-bats, and he only got three hits. So he wasn't he wasn't great. Um, man, what did we love? What didn't we love about this team? This team was great and fun to watch all 2020. I thought they were at least. I mean, they upset the Yankees in the divisional series, in the divisional round. Um, they were the best team overall in baseball, right next to the Dodgers. I mean, that's why they played in the World Series with them. Um, you know, Randy Rosarena was a fantastic regular season in his 64 at-bats. You know, seven home runs, 11 RBI, 281, 382, 641 slash. Postseason was even better. 77 at-bats, 10 home runs, 14 RBIs, 29 hits, 377, 442, 831. Um, and he's rookie eligible, and I'm pretty sure he's a shoe-in, if not guaranteed lock, if he can 
duplicate some of that production for a full season 2021. The Rays had themselves a great left fielder in Rosarena, and he has a cannon. Brandon Lowe had a great season, 269, 362 OBP, 554 slugging, 2.1 war. 362 OBP is my favorite number. That is another level of elite right there. Um, Willie Adams also had a strong season, 259, 332, 41 slash, so very average slightly above um Wendell he was clutch had a clutch moment huge game winning uh hit in the playoffs but he posted a 286 342 435 slash and a 1.2 war um so yeah overall the offense as a whole was great they were just great um Pitching was good. The trio of Glass now, 408 ERA, 91 Ks, Yarbrough, 3.56, 1.2 war, and Blake Snell, who's now a Padre, um, 3.24 ERA, 1.20 whip, and a 1.1 war. Um, they were great. Diego Castilla was, Diego Castillo was also fantastic in 2020. 1.66 ERA, 1.1. One full war point over twenty one point two innings pitched. He was he was nails. He was tough. He was great. Um, team they had a three fifty six three point five six ERA and a one twenty two WHIP. Um, while opponents only hit two thirty eight against them, so this pitching was on another level. Brian Cash Cashman was just able to execute on another level, executing this off. Or, this pitching, deploying it at the perfect time, right pitcher, right call. Um, I said Brian Cash, Cashman. I meant to say Kevin Cash. My apologies there. Um, what did we not love about the Rays in 2020? Um, the Game 6 exit. So much speculation will be held about that game forever. Should they have pulled Snell? Yes. Why'd they do it? Analytics. Who's one of the most analytically driven managers in all of baseball? Kevin Cash. Who else is? Montoyo Blue Jays. Kevin Cash's old assistant. So yes, it, the call made sense. Will it be scrutinized forever and go down as well? What if he stayed in? Could they have won and forced it to a game seven and then won the World Series? Never have traded Snell. Like this is the ripple effect. So what ifs? You know, I don't. I didn't think the Rays were gonna be a Dodgers team that good, but they were. They got to Game Six because it was by far the best pitching against the best offense, and offense ended up edging them this time. Um, you know, the season from Yoshitomo to 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 Sugo, uh, he posted on one ninety seven, three fourteen, three ninety five, and zero WAR. He was very average, mediocre. Um, hopefully a second season form will be a lot better. Um, you know, the offense as a whole had its bright spots, but they posted a 238, 328, 425, and a 753 OPS. Um, so the offense wasn't there. It wasn't great. It wasn't fantastic. Um, by any means, and that's kind of what hurt them in the World Series. Their pitching saved them and got them there. It got them to that record that they got, and they were great. 
But the offense, you know, will be really interested in kind of see where they go now um, with no Snell. Um, let's see, the biggest takeaway from 2020 for the Rays is that Kevin Cash is a genius. He finally won the manager of the year. Um, you know, this team is going to make more playoff runs despite what we think about them trading away um, Snell and then their non-tendering decision. Kevin Cash knows what he's doing, and we need to believe because he's, I mean, he's one of the best managers in all of baseball. So, you know, take it for what you will. Um What's next for the Rays in 2020? I mean, they declined Morton's option. They re-signed Zanino to a pack. Uh, you know, this it'll be really interesting. Really interesting to kind of see where they go next um, with the team they have because they're going to carry one of the lowest, if not the lowest, payroll in baseball. Um, at least, maybe not the lowest. I'm pretty sure that Cleveland... Is going to be a little bit lower, especially after the trade. Um, but, you know, they're right there. With, you know, Rosarena should have a big season in 2021. Um, and, you know, they'll keep relying on analytics. Kevin Cash will keep this team competitive and in a lot of ball games. Uh, so that's it for our yearly reviews. Let's talk some Hall of Fame ballot and call it. All right, back for our last little part of the podcast today. I know, it's sad. Don't worry, we're, we're going to get through it together. Um, let's see, Hall of Fame ballot. The Hall of Fame ballot will be announced on January 26th. Man, that's coming close. Players need to get 75% of the vote to make it into the Hall of Fame. Um, last year, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker were the only two players on the ballot to get the nod. And each player gets 10 years on the ballot um, to make it in. So to stay on the ballot, they have to maintain at least 5% of the vote. Um, So first-year hopefuls like Tim Hudson, Barry Zito, Mark Burley, and Torrey Hunter. um, You know, could be looking at being a one-and-done if they don't get at least 5% of the vote. Um, last year we saw Paul Canerco, Jason Giambi, and Alfonso Soriano get taken off the ballot for not getting 5% of the vote. Um, some guys who are coming close to that 10th year, um, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, or Roger Clements. Um, so let's jump in. Not going to spend too long on any of this, but, um, you know, I'm going to make a couple predictions. Kurt Schilling, last year he got 70% of the vote. He's trending in the right direction early this year, and he should make it into the Hall of Fame this year. I don't have any doubt he will. Um, this is his year. I mean, he's one of the best to ever do it. So, yeah, if not this year, 20 next season is a lock for him, 100%. Um, Barry Bonds, he was at 60.7% last year. I think it's finally time that we get over performance-enhancing drugs because sign-stealing and illegal betting is worse in a way than um, PEDs. Punishments are not the same. It's not equal. Never been equal. 
And I really think it's time that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who got 61% of the vote last year, both deserve 100% to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's, it's really been unfair that they haven't gotten in yet. And if they don't make it in, then that's going to be two of the biggest mistakes ever made by the writers. Um, some guys that are kind of middle of the pack, um, Omar Vizquel, he, last season he was at 52.6% of the vote in his fourth year. Um, no, this is his fourth year. Mm, we'll see. We'll see how he keeps trending. He's one of the best defenders baseball's ever seen um, at a shortstop and third base. 11 gold gloves really says it all. 0.985 fielding percentage in his career, just, just so good, so good with the with the glove. It's hard to fight against it. Um, Scott Rowland, he was at 35.3% of the vote last season. He's in his fourth year. Um, he's another one of those guys. Eight Gold Gloves, but seven All Star games. Um, you know, he holds a really strong career slash line. His postseason slash isn't great, but, man, the the best thing about Roland is that he batted 317, 410, 527 against Braves, Hall of Fame trio, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and John Smoltz in his career. That's incredible. Those are three of the best ever do it. In the era when they were the trio together with the Braves, oh, man, so good. Uh, Billy Wagner... You know, we'll kind of wait and see. Oh, Roland, I think we'll see Roland get in. Um, he still has time. I think he'll I think he'll sneak in. Um, Wagner. Relievers are hard if you're not Mariano Rivera. Um, you know, he's in his sixth year, so he has a few more years. Um, but only getting 31.7% of the vote. Hopefully he trends up. That'll really help his chances if he continues tra- trending up. Gary Sheffield, um, another one of those guys kind of blemished by PEDs. Um, he's in his seventh year on the ballot. I mean, he was he was better than Hall of Famer Vlad Guerrero in terms of war, 60.5 to 59 and a half. Um, Guerrero got in on, in 2018. Sheffield's part of the 500 Home Run Club. Um you know, 1,600 RBIs, nine All-Stars, five Silver Sluggers, a batting title, player of the year. It's just the implication with Barry Bonds. So, really, Bonds need to get, needs to get in for some of these other guys who may have been associated to also have a legit shot at getting in. Um, who should, but since they're mentioned in the same breath, they, they might not ever make it in just because of that. Um Let's see, Todd Helton. I he's one of the Rocky Colorado Rocky greats. Um, he's definitely a Rockies Hall of Famer. Um, you know he he was great in his career. You know, four fourteen OBP. That comes from his one thousand three hundred thirty five career walks to eleven hundred seventy five strikeouts in his career. Like, wow. Um, he didn't have too play, much playoff experience, which is a shame. Um, outside of the 07 World Series and the 08 playoffs. Um, 
He's at 29.2% in his uh, third year on the ballot. I think Helton will keep trending up and get into the Hall of Fame. Here's one guy who I lost a lot of respect for the more I learned about his career is Manny Ramirez. He was at 28.2% of the vote on his fifth year on his ballot. I, I just don't know. He had two failed PED tests, one in 09, the next in 2011 when he retired. He didn't even face the whole full suspension. He just retired. Um, that was one of the most shameful things you could do. At least take it and try to make a comeback and reprove yourself, but he didn't. Um, you know, he's one of four, only four MLB players with over 9,000 plate appearances and a slash line of three, four, 300, 400, 500. 555 home runs, a postseason record of 29 home runs. He was a terrible defender, 69.3 war for his career, but he was a 12-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, nine-time Silver Slugger, World Series MVP, and he won a batting title. It's just, oh, man. Just the thing that puts it down for me, I think he'll end up getting in because he's one of the best to ever do it. But, man, that's... I, I just can't take that he, he retired, so they're taking that suspension. Um, Jeff Kent, one guy that probably won't end up making it in, um, only having three seasons left. He's in his eighth year of eligibility. Um, he wasn't the best fielder in his career, negative 53 defensive runs saved. Uh, career slash line though, 296, 500, over 9,000, over 9,500 played appearances. He had eight seasons in a row with 100 plus RBIs in his career from 97 to 04. Um, I just, if he hasn't gotten more than 27 and a half, it's probably not happening for him. Andrew Jones, um, he's in his fourth year. Just another great fielder. Um, he only committed 50 errors over 17 seasons. 0.990 fielding percentage in the outfield. Um, how he's only gotten 19.4% of the vote after three years is ridiculous. He's got a lot of time left to get to 75%. I think he can get there, and I think he can get in. Um, you know, the defensive merits really helps – help him with his resume I mean 10 gold gloves 10 gold gloves in center field in 17 seasons 50 airs that's that's incredible uh Sammy Sosa he's in his ninth year unfortunately he's another guy <sighs> steroids just like I say if Bonds gets in Sosa's future changes if Bonds can get in Sosa should get in next this following year um, if not the same year. You know, he's someone of the best to ever do it. 58.6 career war. And um, 600 plus career home runs. He's a top 20 right fielder of all time. He's an MVP winner. Seven-time All-Star. Six-time Silver Slugger. You know, he's a Player of the Year award. Between 93 and 04, he had at least 25 home runs a series. He's one of the best power hitters to ever do it. And, you know, he, he's the reason why you need power hitting corner outfielders. It's a big reason why. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. 
Andy Pettit, 11.3% of the vote. Uh, he's in his third year. One of the best postseason pitchers of all time. Um, he won five of the eight World Series he pitched in. 60.7 career war. 12th among, which is 12th all-time among left-handed pitchers. Um, 3.85 career ERA over 3,300 innings pitched. Another guy that was implicated on the Mitchell Report in 07. He did admit to using human growth hormones in 02. Um, he did admit that was an error in judgment. He never faced disciplinary action, but 18 seasons, he was so good for so long. His postseason resume just really kind of saved him. Um, and he got Bobby Abreu. He's in the second year. He only got 5.5% of the vote. Hopefully he stays on. I doubt he will. Um, but he had two All-Stars, one Gold Glove, one Silver Slugger, 60.2 lore. You know, he played from 95 to 2014, over 10,000 played appearances with a 291, 395, 475 slash, um, 400-plus stolen bases, 7 2020 home runs, two 30-30 seasons. Um, I said home run, 7 20 home run, 20 stolen base seasons. Um, you know, he had a 392 postseason. OBP um, in his 79 plate appearances. Um, he wasn't the best fielder, but from 98 to 2012, he played at least 151 games. He was consistent. He was on the field. And he got it. He got the job done. And then we're just going to run through this real quick. Mark Burley, Tim Hudson, Barry Zito, Dan Heron, AJ Burnett, Latroy Hawkins, Tori Hunter, Ramos Ramirez, Michael Kadire, Nick Swisher, Shane Victorino are all the newcomers on the ballot. Each have their own strengths, but I think the only guy that will more than likely stay on the ballot is going to be Mark Burley and possibly Tori Hunter as well. Should also stay on the ballot uh, going into going into the end of voting season. But anyways, guys, that's a wrap on the Hall of Fame. Um, as always, all the links to all my posts that I use for today's podcast are in the bio. Uh, feel free to check those out. Read them in full. Um, and yeah, we're getting close. Um, this Friday, we should start releasing the Best Of series, which is where I talk about the best in each division. Who are the most exciting players? Who are the guys that are currently playing that are on their way to the Hall of Fame? And who are guys that are still playing but are guaranteed locks, in my opinion, for the Hall of Fame? So check those out. Those are a lot of fun to write. Um, Sarah's I brought back from last season. Uh, we also have fantasy baseball stuff coming out later this off season as we get closer to spring and into the fantasy season. So stay tuned for that. Um, and also, I'll be putting on a listener league. Um, hopefully, we'll get about... 8 to 10 players, so if you're interested in being part of the Listener League, head over to the forums in the Fantasy Baseball 1. Let me know you want to join the Fantasy League, and I will get you signed up um, there. But anyways, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, As always, super grateful for your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, And until next week, guys.
Oh, hey, it's me, it's Jewel. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being part of the podcast, part of the blog, and I really hope you are enjoying the content. And I want to be able to further interact with you. I want to further get your opinions on the podcast. I want I want your opinion, and so I need it. I crave it. I desire it. I want it. I want it more than a kid who loves cake wants the biggest cake in the world. That's how much I want your input. I want you to come over to theballboyblog.com backslash forums. Go to the forums. Comment posts in any of them. The Ask Me Anything one. The... 2021 predictions, your bold predictions, or make your own form. It doesn't matter. I need you to come over there and interact with me. I would love it if you did. And then you can click over to the My Deals page, and then I can save you some money on some great products. And then you can go back to the main page of the blog, and you can go through and you can read all 85 pieces I have up on the blog. It might take you a minute, but it'll be well worth it in the end. But hey, even if you don't do that, if you don't come to the forums, if you only enjoy listening to the podcast, that's okay. I deeply, deeply appreciate it. And I am so grateful. I'm grateful for your time. I'm grateful for you being here with me. And I really hope you're enjoying the content. If you would like to be on the show, talk to me on the show. Well, let's figure that out. Send me an email, baseballpod.jb at gmail.com. That's where you can email me. You can go over to the site. You can talk in the chat. That comes directly to me as well. And let's connect. Let's collab. And I would love to do so. So let's talk soon. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks again. Thanks for being in in with me today. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Oh, hey, it's me, it's Jewel. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being part of the podcast, part of the blog, and I really hope you are enjoying the content. And I want to be able to further interact with you. I want to further get your opinions on the podcast. I want I want your opinion, and so I need it. I crave it. I desire it. I want it. I want it more than... A kid who loves cake wants the biggest cake in the world. That's how much I want your input. I want you to come over to theballboyblog.com backslash forums. Go to the forums. Comment posts in any of them. The Ask Me Anything one. The 2021 predictions. Your bold predictions. Or make your own form. It doesn't matter. I need you to come over there and interact with me. I would love it if you did. And then you can click over to the My Deals page, and then I can save you some money on some great products. And then you can go back to the main page of the blog, and you can go through and you can read all 85 pieces I have up on the blog. It might take you a minute, but it'll be well worth it in the end. But hey, even if you don't do that, if you don't come to the forums, if you only enjoy listening to the podcast, that's okay. I deeply, deeply appreciate it, and I am so grateful. I'm grateful for your time. I'm grateful for you being here with me. And I really hope you're enjoying the content. If you would like to be on the show, talk to me on the show. Well, let's figure that out. Send me an email, baseballpod.jb at gmail.com. That's where you can email me. You can go over to the site. You can talk in the chat. That comes directly to me as well. And let's connect. Let's collab. And I would love to do so. 
So, let's talk soon. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks again. Thanks for being in, in with me today. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon.